You'll soon find out that some fashion is better than other, Potter. <laughs> there is no good and evil. So we can use only this song? I don't know. too weak to seek it. I don't know. It's insane. It's incredible. How about a Balenciaga? It is just <laughs> such a like you couldn't if you tried to imagine a Balenciaga song just from your mind, it, yeah, from it's memory, exactly how this would sound. Like one of their fashion shows. Remember when we were looking at that crazy fashion show they did? Yeah. After all, to the well. Uh, what the hell was it? It was like hell. It was basically hell. Apocalypse. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> I think there were horns and stuff involved, man. I think it was bordering on hell. But anyway. It's just so, so serious, but it's serious to the There's point that it gets funny again. There is only Balenciaga. Uh -huh. Isn't that weird? And those too weak to seek it. It's at 5 million views right now. Oh, it keeps going. Shout out Demon oh, Flying It keeps Fox. going. I knew it, though. I saw it when it, like, a, a while ago, and I just knew it was, it was going. I knew it was going to go. Yeah. I just had a feeling about it, because... It's just got that, it's like that meme multiplier. Sure. You get like memes on top of memes and it's- It's the it, start of something amazing. You feel the multiplication it's, happening. It's the foundation. You have this, essentially you start with this idea and this collab and then you use what happens to be a really hot and current tech to put it all together and then you have the makings you have the ingredients of a dish that the internet is ready for yeah 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 and this is exactly what happened here yeah it's a great uh, time all-time classic on on youtube and i think i think it spawned an entire genre but i i don't know i would need to go deeper uh-huh to discover where the first posts like this occurred Dude, I saw a tutorial on how to do this yesterday. Right. Someone just posted it, and yeah, it's all the makings of AI. Yeah. It's all ge uh, generated. Yeah. After all, so, the well-organized mind, Balenciaga wow. is but the next. Grade. I don't know why this particular combination of things works so well, but it does. <laughs> Hundred ninety-one thousand thumbs up. Let's get a top comment. There's no good or evil. There is only Balenciaga and those too weak to seek it. Uh. There is no good and evil. There is only Balenciaga and those too weak to seek it. Yeah. I don't know. And then it's like you had that scandal where it was like cult-like and you're like, yeah. what are they really up to? And so then that really goes in there. And Harry Potter's the best because it's already... It's, it's, it's already in the realm of... What would what you call it? Like, is it fantasy? No, not fantasy. What is yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's pretty like fantasy. they're wizards and stuff. Yeah, you're already over going over there. Very fiction. After all, to the they're, they're they're casting spells, are they not? They are, yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just want to share that. It's a great. You just you're just deep, you're going deep into it now. You're like you can't escape it. I'm kind of with you. It's become increasingly difficult to escape that combination of things. Yeah, yeah. There's a Matrix one as well. There's many types of uh, movies yeah. based on this. 
<laughs> I like how I loop it and then it's like perfectly. Yeah, it's a good time. So, um, what is the difference, Potter, between. How are you, man? You good? Oh my god, dude. Like, so my, uh, my, ch my kid, my youngest kid is, uh, sick right now. Oh. And, like, he's like one. He's like one, and uh, when they're one, because I have some experience with this now, if they get in like an upper respiratory anything, okay, their um, their throat is is small, so they it turns into this croup thing where they sound like a seal, like they they it closes up basically, okay, from the swelling. Oh man, and you get this this really like uh i mean it's a terrible sound you're, you're just like damn dude can you breathe uh-huh anyway so we were passing him back and forth last night i think i was with him from like two to no sorry from 12 to two and then from five to 740 hmm. and he's just you know, you, you, what you're supposed to do, actually, for those that are wondering, if you have a small child that is sounding that way, it's a labored breathing, and it's a it, the the cough sounds like a seal. I feel like I shouldn't play this song. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> it's, like, it's a common, it's a common occurrence. Then what you're supposed to do is actually, if it's if it's cold out, which it was last night, you take them outside, and the inflammation goes down almost immediately. It's really crazy. Really. And so you take them outside, and they take some breaths of cold air, and then, boom, they, it's kind of alleviated. Or you open the window if you don't want to go to that extreme with it. Mm -hmm. And then it's just me trying to, I don't know, walk around, and, uh, yeah, he, he, wasn't, he was not in a good mood. No. Although when I left right now, it felt like he was catching up, so that he is somewhat sorted out because he's, he was just conked out when I left. Mm. He yeah, fi like finally really found some sleep. Uh huh. And maybe we're on the tail end of it, but. Well, good luck, man. Um, fatherhood. <laughs> well, fa a lot of responsibilities. Dude, you kidding me? Fa fatherhood's been going on for Not me. Man. No sleep. <laughs> fatherhood's been going on. Man. Yeah. You kidding? That's what I mean. Like I'm a vet now. I'm a vet. Yeah. Because when that happened with my first kid. I was like, I'm going to the hospital. Like, what the hell is this? Uh -huh, uh -huh. And also, I think it was worse what, what he had going on. And uh, I was—I remember driving to the hospital with the window down in the middle of winter. Mm. He, he's in a baby chair, but the window is down. And it's just blowing ice cold air on him so that he can breathe. Because he's just like... <laughs> oh. It's crazy. Yeah, man. that's not what you they got. The hear. small, they got the small inflamed airways going on. Yeah. So, word to the wise. Uh huh. If you ever find yourself in this uh, situation, uh huh. Tesla workers shared sensitive images recorded by customer cars. Oh. Privacy. What about my? Don't, don't you? You don't need to touch anything, okay. Will. Don't you dare touch my camera. I like to move around my camera. All right. Don't even think about it. Look at. <laughs> Special report: Tesla workers shared sensitive images recorded by customer cars. 
Well, they said, oh, we don't share this, we don't share that, we don't do this, we don't do that. And then uh, everyone worried about it. They came with the privacy video and everybody, you know, they say these things to us, but we always wonder about it. We're like, mm. well, where are things stored? How long are they stored for? Who actually sees them? Who can monitor them? Can they attach it to a specific car? Is everything anonymous? And so on, so on, so on. It goes on and on and on, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. April 6th, here we go. Tesla Inc. assures millions of electric car owners that their privacy is and will always be enormously important to us. The cameras it builds into vehicles to assist driving it notes on its website are designed from the ground up to protect your privacy. But between 2019 and 2022, groups of Tesla employees privately shared via an internal messaging system, sometimes highly invasive videos and images recorded by customers' car cameras, according to interviews by Reuters with nine former employees. So Reuters just went for it. They went in there. Yeah. Like, tell, us what, tell us what's really real. And they were like, oh, yeah, we got lots of images. Look at this. Check this out. Look at this guy. Look at this guy, Lou. He's snoozing over there. <laughs> like, least exciting footage to share is the inside of my Tesla. I promise you that. But no, I mean. Inside and outside. Outside might be more interesting. I don't know. Maybe you catch a deer or something. Yeah. I saw a few deer the other day, man. It's just beautiful. Really? Yeah. Just on, Like on the road or something? Yeah, just crossing the road. And it was a really interesting scenario. It was early in the morning. I had to be somewhere, I don't know, around 8 a.m. or something. So it was probably about 7 a.m. And uh, In your Tesla? Did you record it? Uh, I don't know which car. But anyway, there's a guy coming... There's not a lot of people on the road, and there's a guy coming towards me. It's kind of like a country road. Mm. Guy's coming towards me, and he starts flashing his lights like crazy. And I'm like, what the hell? It? Sometimes, you know, people do that if there's a cop ahead or something. Mm-hmm. Not that I was speeding. Kind of like a courtesy thing. There's like, like a, a warning? warning. Exactly. Yeah. So I assume, okay, there's a cop, but it's so early in the morning, there's no one out here. And, and I'm like, I don't think it's, I don't, it seems weird. So I go a little bit further ahead, and I kind of look over to my right, and I see... A deer sort of uh, poking his head out to cross the road, but apprehensive about doing so. And so this dude must have spotted those deer and then warned me in case they were going to jump when I was going to go, which was pretty damn courteous. Yeah. I would never, I don't think I would have thought, I don't, first of all, I don't know if I would have caught the deer where, where it happened to be. Anyway, it was so dead that I'm like, all right, let me slow down, take a peek over here, Uh which I did. And uh, sure enough, the, the deer comes out the cross and like uh, four other ones at the same time. Whoa. They, they, they all come out uh, full grown looking deals. Family. And they, they uh, cross. They don't scamper across. They kind of slowly, they're like, oh, thank you. They're so accustomed to interaction with human around here. Mm. And obviously they're not really getting killed or anything other than by vehicles probably. And uh, so there you have it. But every time they go in with some new subdivision or something, it it, it kicks a couple of yeah, a couple of yeah, deer yeah. go looking for somewhere else or whatever it is. So um, well, uh, anyway, if I was in my Tesla, it it, it probably would have been captured. Um, I, I would guess. Probably captured. You yeah. would have to like hit hit stop the button. Recording. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I would have to hit stop recording. Otherwise, I would have so. overrode it. Maybe, yeah. 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 See, there should be like a deer. Elon should put a deer mode in. 
Like, save all recordings of wildlife. Right. I want a wildlife button in my... Yeah, just detect the it auto, animals. It auto-detect. Uh-huh. Via AI, and then all uh, animals that encounter the Tesla, I'll have like a... And then create a collage video. I'll have a YouTube video. Yeah. I have an, a channel. It's called Tesla with, Animals. With fun music. Yeah. It's called... Auto-generated. Nature Tesla, or whatever. Uh-huh. But in, um, okay, in this case, that's not exactly what it was, I yeah. guess. And uh, yeah, this is a pretty comprehensive um, article. Of course. And some scenarios include, like, you know, a video of like a naked guy running across a Tesla. Uh oh. Or even a child getting hit by a Tesla. Yeah. Well, that one is more understandable because you would say hey, this can be useful for, like, our, I don't know, our training or, mm-hmm. or like, oh, look at the circumstances with which this child was hit. Obviously, the, in the, they're, they're all constantly talking how safe their stuff is and why it's so safe. You can understand, understand why that data would be important. Guy running naked sounds more like a joke, like everybody's ha-ha internal emails, LOL. Yeah. It was a lot of private chats that were um, sharing these videos. Yeah. And they became memes within Tesla. Do you ever pet this dog or what? Because this guy is <laughs> He's just, needy. Yeah, this guy is just like, please, man. He's just pawing. He's like, please. Yeah, he wants attention. I'm here. Yeah. Okay, keep going down. Um, some of the recordings caught Tesla customers in embarrassing situations. One ex-employee described a video of a man approaching a vehicle completely naked. Crashes and road rage incidents. One crash in 2021 showed a Tesla driving at a high speed in a residential area hitting a child riding a bike. According to another ex-employee, the child flew in one direction, the bike in another. The video spread around Tesla office in San Mateo, California via private one-on-one chats like wildfire, the ex-employee said. Their own social media internal video groups. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can easily see how something like this would happen Mm -hmm. and how it would be wrong. Tesla states in its its online customer privacy notice that its camera recordings remain anonymous and are not linked to your vehicle. But seven former employees told Reuters the computer program they used at work could show the location of the recordings, which potentially could reveal where a Tesla owner lived. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be... Mm -hmm. A lot of what do they say? The vast majority of accidents happen within five kilometer radius of your house, something like yeah, that. Yeah, when you're close to home, because you're just there so frequently mm. in that range. One ex-employee said some uh, recordings appeared to have been made when cars were parked and turned off. Several years ago, Tesla would receive video recordings from his vehicles even when they were off, if owners gave consent. It has since stopped doing so. <clears throat> we could see inside people's garages and their private properties. So another former employee, let's say that a Tesla customer had something in their garage that was distinctive. You know, people would pose these kinds of things. About three years ago, some employees stumbled upon a shared video of a unique submersible vehicle parked inside a garage. According to two people who viewed it, nicknamed Wet Nelly, the White Lotus Esprit sub had been featured in the 1977 James Bond film, The Spy Who Loved Me. It's almost like searching through... Uh, google street view and you're like whoa what the hell is that it's like these are kind of like street view cars they're constantly capturing and if you have access to it you're gonna find unique unusual things but you're not really 
I don't think most... It's like, hey, that's the wet Nelly. I don't think <laughs> most people's expectation is that their car, that people are accessing their car in that way. Yeah. Hmm. But in this case, um, this specific car was and is owned by Elon. So there might be a chance where Tesla spied on Elon at the time. Just just by chance. You know? Hmm. What are you looking at? I was just looking at the chat over there, uh, just seeing if they had anything to add to it. Like, yeah. listen, it, yeah, that's, I mean, that's bizarre in and of itself. It says here it's not clear whether Musk was aware the video had been shared. Uh, access. It's access. It's privileges. It's responsibility. It's uh, data management and policies and then the ability to actually follow those policies. And also what it is, is it's a story about the success of Tesla and what I would call kind of the Apple effect where the amount of scrutiny that's going to be placed on a market leader is so, so much bigger. Mm -hmm. And the depths to which people will go from an investigative standpoint is also so much bigger. And the reason being is because there's so much public interest and so much public impact. Mm -hmm. And so here you have all these employees and this kind of, like I said, investigative thing probably took place over a period of time to gather all this information. And I think this is going to happen increasingly for Tesla and for Elon, especially now that you have Elon being such a polarizing figure himself. Sure. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, when I, man, whenever I'm looking at a camera recording or, damn, almost any data transmitted online, I am always skeptical about all these privacy claims every time. Mm -hmm. And even in places where the companies are, these companies are advertising how serious and se secure things are, like, uh, they've all had examples of this, or at least many of the large players have had examples of this, where everything is safe, whoops. Everything is safe, whoops. And then obviously the public confidence goes down and I don't know to what extent people opt out of these types of services. Yeah. You would hope that, you know, Tesla and not any other company would use the data that you provide to be helpful for their future product, right? But it gets weird when, you know, people internally use it for something as a meme or something even more malicious. Because you would want, you know, your data to be training the, the future of... Which it is. The next generation. Which is the vehicles. reason, this is the reason you're opting in. It's the reason for the permissions. It's the reason why when I, um, when I go with the FSD beta and click on that crazy set of terms. Yeah, they're using your data. You're like, well, I, you know, you understand. But even you had this privacy issue, even with these, with the open AI stuff and, and the chatbots where... Uh, countries like Italy came along and, or, or Samsung had the report of like people don't realize they're actively training a system which is intelligent and therefore can <clears throat> the confidentiality is unknown and in this case it's the it's, it, once you start to pick apart the language and you realize, oh, your information will never be tied to a particular vehicle, and you're like, okay, that's good, that's makes me feel safe. But then it's like, wait a sec, what if it's your likeness? Mm -hmm. What if it's actually you? And all of a sudden, this starts making around. Whoa, look who it is! It's uh, uh, Tom Cruise 
walking to Tesla naked or whatever, you don't necessarily need to tie it to a particular uh, vehicle yeah. in order to know who it is or what it was. Like, say, for example, you have an incident where something happens, somebody, something gets hit or there's a robbery or whatever. You can very easily connect these things if you have access to this footage where you are witnessing the event transpire and then you know the rough location and then you look into it, you can uncover a lot from that. But what this basically highlights, and it's very similar in uh, all areas of AI, is that uh, there's a big there's a big contingent of human beings involved in this training process, and as much as we like for some reason we prefer this automated scenario in in which robots are analyzing our data, the truth is there's humans in there still putting things in buckets and helping this AI along, and those humans humans are fallible and they have sense of humor and they uh, follow con- uh, confidentiality to different degrees and. That's how you end up over here. But you're right. This is extremely comprehensive. We can see them doing the laundry, really intimate things with their kids. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. But I'm but I, it's weird, but I'm not surprised either. I don't know. I'll have to tell you about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you surprised? Um, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I think that with Tesla... Um, they would need to train um, using our data. And I think that's a lot of software companies as well. It's no surprise. But the whole anonymity thing is, um, I don't know, it's, it's a bit weird because, like, the cameras are filming on the street when people just walk by. It just automatically films, like, sentry mode. Mm-hmm. Those people don't want to be filmed, and yet they are because they just walked by a vehicle, and they would they would never know, right? And then someone like the driver could just like use that, you know, maliciously, somehow. And and uh, for those that aren't aware, the Tesla is also recording inside the cabin. They are, yeah. And there's a lot going on in the cabin. I mean, there could be a lot going on in the cabin. Hmm. Right, Will. I mean, I'm just saying to you, I mean, yeah, on top sure. of like they got and then they used to have a little fireplace that comes on with like Barry White playing. Are they trying to insinuate something? I'm just saying, uh, saying stuff can happen inside the cabin. Barry White. Don't you remember that? <laughs> or was it was it Marvin Gaye? I don't remember what song it was playing, but it, it's like a, inside the toy box there where you have. Oh, yeah. you I ever, thought it was just like, um, like just a fireplace mode. I didn't know that they played sexy music no i think it was actually i think the mode there's a fireplace i think there's another mode which is actually like set the mood type of mode oh yeah yeah i think so speaking of tesla tesla opens orders on cheaper fifty thousand dollar model y with the 4680 cells how cheap will 50 grand 50 grand on the dot uh, Tesla started producing and selling the vehicle almost a year ago to the day, but it was only gradually offered to customers. At first, it was only to employees. Later, Tesla started to offer it to some Model Y reservation holders. And finally, the automakers, the automaker made some units available in inventory over the last few quarters. It was always something that Tesla referred to as an off-the-menu product since the trim was never available to order in Tesla Model Y configurator until now. <clears throat> So it's coming in at $10 lower than 50 G. So now you can say the $50,000 Model Y is real. $49,990 would be 
uh, your entry price if you don't want the long range or performance. Long range takes it up to 52,990 and performance goes to 56,990. Um, for the Model Y, Tesla has decided not to rename it. It's just like the standard. Mm. The main difference in the specs is it has 279 miles of range rather than 330. So what is that? We're talking about 50 extra miles of range and for hmm, 3,000 bucks. I'm surprised people really want that. At that, once you're at 50 Gs, I don't know. It's not like a big... What's an extra 3K? I don't know. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? From 279 to 330 miles for the long range. Maybe they're trying to get The performance, I get. I mean, the performance is, by that point, you're like 7,000 bucks more or whatever, 6,000 bucks more. Are they too close, <clears throat> you think? Long range and regular? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe what this goes to show you is a lot of people are using these in really like tight areas in which they're not really putting a lot of miles per yeah, day. Maybe city driving. And they don't really need it if, uh, if this is the you. model that they're really waiting for. It's a little bit slower as well. But for me, for a couple grand, I'm thinking I'm thinking get the extra, extra 50 miles per charge. Mm. But that's, I don't know. But we got a better deal. Tesla slashes prices ac across all of its electric vehicles again. This is why the guy uh, in our community was asking you previously, yeah. is it a good time, time to buy a Model 3? And you were like, I don't know, maybe. Hey, what do you want from me? <laughs> I'm old-timey. I'm a guy over here. And I, I, that was you. You were reluctant to give advice, and rightfully so, because who the hell knows what's going on with this stuff? Up and down. It's like the stock market over here with the Tesla prices. And the spying. That's right. They, oh, they're like, let's lower the prices. For those, can you imagine if there was some some sort of extremely subsidized Tesla price, but it was also extreme spy mode? They're like, <laughs> we will extract every piece of information. You will not have the option to opt out. Kind of like, like a, similar to when Amazon puts the ads in their mm. Kindle products and they basically give it away. Most invasive car. Let me ask you this, Will. If you could get huh? a $25,000 Tesla, but it was in super spy mode. No, I'll pay the premium. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I feel like somebody would do it. Uh, someone would. Yeah. So what do we got for new prices here? Uh, prices on some models are down as much as five grand overnight. After con consistently and gradually increasing the electric vehicle prices over the last two years, Tesla started bringing those prices down in 2023 to keep demand up because they're making these things. They appear to be having no difficulty making these things now. Mm -hmm. Started with that price drop back in January. Smaller price adjustments, Model 3, Y, and of course S and X. So the 3 is seeing its base price come down from 42990 to 41990 So there's a grand for you. Just a, a quick little $1,000 savings. Uh, the base Model 3 is expected to use part of its $7,500 federal tax credit this month because it uses LFP battery cells from China. Use part of it? What does that mean? Use or lose? I don't know if that's written. Uh, maybe that's me reading that weirdly, but I guess at the moment it has the $7,500 federal tax credit as well, which is going to help you obviously with that. Final sale price. The biggest difference in the Model Y prices is the inclusion of the all-wheel drive in the configurator. 
So this is the off the menu option, mm -hmm. which comes in a couple grand less, but uh, there's no, it doesn't look like a reduction, does it? Oh yeah, okay, so the performance used to be $2,000 more, and the long range also used to be $2,000 more. I did not know that. So those prices that I listed off in the last article are yeah. the new ones already. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, let's check out S. Uh, updated S configurator now starts at 84,990, which is down 5,000. You, you can't be surprised that actually the, the models with the bigger sticker can actually have bigger discounts and down 20 grand from 105, which was the price last year. Man, they want the fire sale. That could go towards your FSD. They want to, they want to get rid of these model S's. I don't know what's up with that. The, uh, the plaid is down from 130 grand us to 104,990. X is looking similar down five G's again. It goes up, it goes down. Uh, what can you say about it? I guess they're constantly trying to maneuver these levers of supply and demand. Uh, oh, let's bump up production. Whoops. A little too high. We got to sell a few more. Let's toggle it back. It's, it's like you, Will, goofing around with titles on YouTube videos. Yeah. You're like, whoops, I went a little too far with that one. <laughs> <clears throat> Let me toggle that back a touch. Yeah. Let me chill that one out a little bit. All of a sudden, people start yelling at you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give a shout out for a super chat over here from Gage. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. You want to take a break? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. This go episode ahead. is sponsored by Sunday. Get Sunday.com. Unbox your dream backyard. They put the unbox in there. Look at that little touch. You know, the whole uh, unbox. I got a history with that. Yeah. Well, in this case, what are you going to unbox? You're going to unbox everything you need to finally fix up that yard because you're, you know, it's hard with the yard. The yard is hard. <laughs> Uh, you're pouring things on there. It's getting dried out. It's getting cooked in the sun. Sometimes there's a lot of rain. Sometimes there's not. Sometimes it's lacking nutrients, and you just don't know what you're doing. That's where Sunday comes in. You get the you get the plan. It all ships in one box with all the different ingredients you need to get that beautiful lawn experience. So you get out there with the dog. You, you get the people asking. They say, what did you... How did you, because the guy like you, Will, mm. a guy like Mo over there, people, they don't, they don't expect it. And then they see your lawn and they say to themselves, that's a beautiful lawn right there. I thought different about you. Yeah, I thought you were a different kind yeah. of, I didn't think you had it yourself put together in that way. Uh-huh. It actually goes, it actually goes beyond that though. Like, so you can make your backyard bug free. You can grow food, flowers, and trees, whatever it is you're trying to do, whether it's pest care, lawn care or uh, plants, trees, garden, and so forth, they're going to hook you up. It is so easy to get sorted out. You get your lawn analysis first. It's, look at this. It's scientific. You answer some questions about your lawn and your location, and then the package is put together, which is specific to the type of problems you encounter in your region with your type of lawn. Anyway, the box shows up. It's all very simple and instructional. It's Sunday. GetSunday.com. Sunday Lawn Care can take one thing off your to-do list. Instead of spending time working on your yard, 
With Sunday, you could spend more time enjoying it. I decided to get a custom lawn plan for myself. All it took was answering a few questions about my lawn on the website. They sent me a starter kit that has everything I need. You don't have to think about it or have the expertise to grow a solid lawn. Sunday will do all the work. Go to getsunday.com slash lulater and enter the address to get a customized plan created for your lawn. And Sunday is offering our listeners 20% off. Full season plans start at just $109 and you get 20% off when you visit getsunday.com slash lulater at checkout. That's 20% off your custom plan at getsunday.com slash lulater. professional with that will oh yeah you're real professional with that you know that oh i try all of a sudden you're flying i remember once upon a time you're like <coughs> can you leave that was what you would say to me you're like can you please get out, like, let me record alone get out of my face here yeah. nowadays you're like what you need man i'm like geez who's this guy over here yeah. you got an ad uh client calls you up you're like whatever you want you got it I'm talking to Willie Do right now. I'm like, well, easy, easy, dude. People can get the wrong idea. Mm-hmm. They're gonna think you're getting cocky or something. Well, I charge more now. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> uh, of course, we got to have a ChatGPT update over here. Newest version of ChatGPT passed the U.S. medical licensing exam with flying colors and diagnosed a one in one hundred thousand condition in seconds. Oh, welcome <laughs> to your future doctor. Uh-huh. GPT. It's the lawyers, it's the doctors, it's always these type of articles because they're like, well, if they can replace that, what do we do? What do we do? Uh-huh. I'm not suggesting, by the way, that it can because. Well, I, I think it can. Well, I mean, it can replace some aspects of it, but you still, yeah. like, there's still a, uh, a care and a touch sure, to sure. it at the moment, particularly in medicine. Yeah, you, you want the AI telling you you're dead? Is that what you want, Will? Mm. Giving you the countdown? Yeah. I mean, just for a personal anecdote, um, I use like a, um, a an app called Maple, and they kind of like diagnose. It's kind of like a chat thing, and the, you deal with like a doctor. But in this case, I feel like AI could potentially replace that. Oh, for sure. In yeah. just, you know... Um, minor. Well, think about what people do right now before they even go to see a doctor. And I, I, everybody's Googling what's going on with them. They're just like Googling symptoms. And you get on a WebMD. You have like these 17 different results Uh uh, from the the usual suspects of Mm -hmm. medical websites. And it kind of sucks because it's, it's, it's like, oh, differential diagnosis or all of a sudden, you're reading. All of a sudden, you're reading like uh, studies, and sure. it, it goes deep fast. Uh-huh. And maybe it doesn't have to. And probably in the same way, where like I saw something on Twitter yesterday. A guy, a guy had developed a thing for voice for his MacBook, hmm. utilizing Siri, but plugging into GPT, where he was coding a website okay. in like minutes with his voice. He's like, so it needs to be dark mode. It needs to be, uh, it needs to be, um, what's it called when it can scale from mobile to desktop? It's responsive. It has to be responsive and it needs to have a sign up form and it needs to be a basic social ne- uh, networking site. And then he just says like a number of things and he's talking in regular language. Right. And it's like, yeah, no problem. And it's like, compiling. It's like, and he ends up with the thing. And it's like, if he had to Google all the lines necessary, to create that 
and go on to uh -huh. what are what are these type of sites that help you with this type of thing beyond google it's uh why am i forgetting the name of that site um there's a big one i think it's called bootstrap it's like a framework well anyway or a website anyway or, or anyway like wix or what, no 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 i didn't i didn't mean that i meant more like for a pro, for a programmer where they go to look for uh, to say, say for example, they have an issue in their code, and then they want to go and look for a solution. Stack. Overflow. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, the 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 sequence that used to transpire is very similar to how, and this is why Google has to be interested in this because it's very similar to how you would solve your problems uh, historically on the internet, which is okay. I'm going to Google it, click on seven or eight links, read in some forums. It's like. It's really not a great experience. This is one area where if you truly had an assistant that was able to see all of this. Yeah, and I think AI is really good at really clear instructions that you can just, you know, make it more um, specific every single question, and then they'll just be able to do it, you know. So build like a website, build a responsive website. Build me a website with the buttons. How many buttons? Four buttons. Sign up page, blah, blah, blah. As, as long as you get more specific, I think AI is really good at doing that. You know, just really clear instructions. Yeah, or, you know, I think, but what? how do you Google? Think about how you Google. And everybody's Googling techniques are not identical. You can have somebody with a, some sort of issue and they can go, broken thing. And it's like, blah. But once you start putting error codes in, all of a sudden it gets more specific and more specific. Yeah. Google already kind of operates in that way, but it, it, in a seemingly less efficient way, relying on, well, I guess they kind of all both rely on user-generated results. It's just compiled differently. And I suppose it's processing power and speed and a number of other factors that will determine... Hmm. The proliferation here but anyway back to doctor a doctor and harvard computer scientist says gpt4 has better clinical judgment than many doctors the chatbot can diagnose rare conditions just as i would he said but uh, gpt4 can also make mistakes it hasn't taken the hippocratic oath oh my goodness well that is what I will do everything I can to save your life type of thing. It requires a new physician to swear upon a number of healing gods that he will uphold a number of professional ethical standards. Oh, it's, a, it's a number. This scroll, is from scroll, a while ago. Scroll down. Let's see specifically. Um, yeah, click on the Wikipedia. The Wiki. Hippocrit Hippocrates, is that his name? Hmm, that's very similar to hypocrite. A little worried about that. Hippocrite. <laughs> I'm a little worried about that. First, do no harm. It is often said that the exact phrase, first do no harm, is a part of the original Hippocratic Oath, although the phrase does not appear in the AD 245 version of the oath. Similar intentions are vowed by, I will abstain from all intentional wrongdoing and harm. Wow. Another equivalent phrase is found in Epidemics Book 1 of the Hippocratic School. Practice two things in your dealings with disease either help or do not harm the patient it is amazing you need to have rules and laws around this because all of a sudden you got doctors just experimenting like ah let's see what happened uh-huh back then it would have been wild west well in this wild greece in this case mm -hmm. where 
Yeah, it goes way back. It goes way back. I'm stunned to say, better than many doctors I've observed. That's the quote he says in the forthcoming book, The AI Revolution in Medicine, co-authored by independent journalist Carrie Goldberg and Microsoft Vice President of Research Peter Lee. Uh, the authors say neither Microsoft nor OpenAI required any editorial oversight of the book, though Microsoft has invested billions of dollars into developing OpenAI's technologies, in brackets, insider, full disclosure. In the book, Cohan says GPT-4, which was released in March 2023, answers U.S. medical exam licensing questions correctly more than 90% of the time. It's a much better test taker than previous chat GPT AI models, GPT-3, 3.5, and a better one than some licensed doctors too. It's not just a good test taker and fact finder though, it's also a great translator. In the book, it's capable of trans translating discharge information for a patient who speaks Portuguese and distilling wonky technical jargon into something sixth graders could easily read. See, here is the thing about this. Well, you build this intelligence system and you can replicate it. You know what to expect. It's established. And it's of a certain, it's not to say that it's the best. It's not to say that it's even necessarily in the top 10% of doctors. But humans, you know, there's a wide spectrum of humans, mm -hmm. a scope at, in every profession. And there's a bottom and there's a top. And you really try to avoid the bottom. <laughs> yeah. And in those cases, this is exactly what they're saying here is like, hey, Maybe it doesn't replace every doctor. Maybe it replaces some doctors. Hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, or a different medium. How they do that. How they do stuff. How you do your stuff, doctor. Yeah. That's what it's for. Google. Oh, you got a big AI episode here today, Will. Yeah, Mr. AI. AI now. This is, is this AI. Welcome to AI News. Um, well, I am curious. I have been curious about the hardware of AI because there was the previous conversation around it. NVIDIA had some comments suggesting that AI was a better use of its equipment than crypto mining, if you recall. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure how aware people are, but it's, it's kind of an, a bit of an arms race, a bit of a hardware arms race for who is going to be responsible for this super speedy AI mm -hmm. future. Um, Google published details about its AI supercomputer on Wednesday saying it is faster and more efficient than competing NVIDIA systems. While NVIDIA dominates the market for AI model training and development with over 90%, Google has been designing and deploying a chip called Tensor Processing Unit for artificial intelligence since 2016. Doesn't that sound intimidating? Show me your Tensor, pro uh, show me your tensor Processing Unit. Your, uh -huh. I want to see your TPU, sir. TPU? Yeah, I want to see your TPU, sir. TP? That's right. It's in Pixel devices, right? The Tensor chip? Yeah, but it's different than it's this. Different yeah, I think this will just be the kind of language they use around their their hardware in this TP category. Yeah. Tensor. Yeah. Google published details on Wednesday. NVIDIA dominates the market for AI model training deployment with over 90%. Google has been designing and deploying AI chips since 2016. And uh, AI models and products such as Google's BARD or OpenAI's ChatGPT, which is powered by NVIDIA's A100 chips, require many computers, hundreds or thousands of chips to work together to train models. So NVIDIA is not mad. 
videos like I don't care NFTs or AI. What do you need? Yeah, who cares? We're just building chips. Here. Well, you want the A one hundred? A one hundred in there. On Tuesday, Google said it had built a system with over four thousand TPUs joined with a custom with custom components designed to run and train AI models. It's been running since twenty twenty and used to train Google's Palm model, which competes with OpenAI's GPT model over fifty days. Google's TPU based supercomputer called TPU V four is one point two times to one point seven times faster and uses one point three times to one point nine times less power than the Nvidia A one hundred. However. NVIDIA is also working on their next thing. And they're like, you can keep comparing yourself to our old thing because we got the next thing. Mm-hmm. Better, more efficient, more AI coming right up. The race starts. Coming right up. Yeah, man. It's going to be like six companies, two warehouses, mega structures. All everything goes through it. Every human inquiry. It's going to be like the Wizard of Oz. Every human inquiry. All the data mm-hmm. centralized. Everything about everyone. Hum. Oh, baby, it's a hum. Tell you what. Google, Meta, and other social media platforms propose an alliance to combat misinformation. The network being billed as the Misinformation Combat Alliance is expected to be joined by major... Social media platforms, they're like, we can't figure it out on our own. Let's make an alliance. Maybe an alliance will figure it out. There's mm-hmm. enough of us. Top social media platforms, Meta, Google, they want to create a network of fact checkers. Are these human fact checkers? Because what's the truth, Will? That's what people will say, won't they? What's the truth, Will? Uh, yeah, how do you even get started on this? What like do you mean? The, the infrastructure to stop misinformation. I think it's humans. The network being built is like hire more people. And they more have people. to overlook everything. Here, check this, check this, check this. Oh, it got flagged. Somebody check it. It got flagged. Somebody like YouTube yeah. was talking about hiring more people recently. Uh, well, not that recently when they were running into trouble with adpocalypse and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're like, man, we need to, we need a human to label this stuff. Mm-hmm. We can have the AI kind of give us an idea and start the process. But at some point, a human has to check it. And that's why when you see some sort of infringement, it'll say human verified or human checked mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that on YouTube. And the same the same is going to have, have to happen on social media, Meta, Google, Twitter, and so forth, where they say, ah, we looked into this and it either is or it isn't or so on. And in this case, yeah. they can alleviate some of the pressure on their own private company by suggesting that like, hey, there's this outside body, this misinformation combat alliance and it's used across the board. So the next time they go into Congress and get grilled, they're like, look, it's an independent. It's over here. It's all of us. We're, everybody's trying. Mm-hmm. The alliance. They can always blame the alliance. It's, like, it's, it's not us. It's like, it's, yeah, we're doing good. It wasn't us. It was the alliance. Yeah. Obviously, it was the alliance. Uh, the network, if and when established, will only be empowered to fact-check information that is not related to the union government. Whoa. Influence. Hmm. On Thursday, the IT ministry notified fresh amendments to the Information Technology Rules 2021, under which it will set a dedicated fact-checking unit to act on misinformation related to the government. So it's like government, 
separate. And which government are we talking about here? The U.S. The, government? Yeah, what is the union government? Or like, are we talking oh, about, because we're reading this on Indian Express. Are they referring to India or the U.S.? I'm curious. I presume it will have to tell us here at one point. But the fact that it's Google and Meta proposing it, I would think maybe it's... Oh, no, look at this. The platforms are proposing that under the Misinformation Combat Alliance, they will create a network of Indian and foreign fact-checkers. So this is specific to India, what we're talking about here. However, obviously, something like this could roll out in other markets. Mm -hmm. And probably will. I, I presume something like this has been or will continue to be proposed. Misinformation is a major issue in India. Well, it's a major issue everywhere. Um... Well, yeah, you've got, when you talk about Facebook, you're also talking about other platforms like WhatsApp. And certainly when you talk about Google, you're talking about other platforms like YouTube and so on. Mm -hmm. Fact Checker Alliance. Stressful job, hey? You're, you're part of the Fact Checker Alliance. Traumatizing, I heard too. There's like horror stories of people just like looking at horrific content. Oh, hell yeah, they're looking or at like horrific content. Nine hours a day or something. You can't do that for... That's a clockwork orange right there. But then again, yeah. people do it voluntarily. They just watch TikTok, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Next, 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 next. Just drooling? Next, next, next. I want you to... Next time you're doing that and you're scrolling mindlessly, I just want you to imagine that voice. Next, 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 next. Just so you realize how gross it is. That your attention span is so depleted at this point that you can't. That's the way it sounds to me. When I catch myself doing it, that's how I describe the sound. That's what it feels like. Like that's what the activity feels. That's how gross the activity feels. Uh huh. Nah. No, no, yes, <laughs> yes, no, 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 it's a lot of grunting. Yes, it's like, it's like a constant, ugh, fast, unthoughtful judgment of kind of like a feeder into your, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's like a, a feeder, it's a of trough, like grease, it's a trough, <laughs> yes. It's an absolute trough. Yeah. What it is. New iPhone MagSafe charger is secretly a card holder stand combo. You love it, Will, when something is multifunctional. Mm. That's what you love. I Saying, don't mind. Yeah, it. it can do this. It can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You took, uh, you've been taking huh? magnetic rings and sticking them places and yeah. wallets. And I've seen you do it, Will. I like magnets, too. So we have a company here called ESR. They make cases, very popular case maker. They make some of the best iPhone accessories out there. And they have Halo Lock, which is like their MagSafe thing, and a battery back that locks onto there. And this, this new product here gives you 5,000 milliamp hours on the battery pack. But then it's also a wallet, which is in there. Hold on to your stuff. So now your wallet can charge your stuff up, 59 bucks. And here's the kicker. It's going to give you a nice little stand as well in order to prop your thing up. So mm. it's kind of like what you got going on with the external wallet. Okay. Because you're doing the wallet, aren't you? I am, yeah. It Are. holds two cards. Are you still doing that? 
Yeah, it's right here. You're doing the wallet on the phone. So, it, you know what? Just show that. Well, pop your cards off. I don't know if there's any like okay. details on there, but just show off kind of what you did there because you took a later case and then you put a, a magnetic it's like a ring. ring. Maybe this company ESR even makes that ring. And then this is a wallet from Exter. Maybe we should maybe we should make that ring and just sell it on later case because it's a pretty simple design. Yeah, it keeps the case really thin. Some of these extremely thin cases embed the magnet in there, but I've had issues in the past where I get a little rattle, where oh. you can kind of I don't know you have really? you have the the weight of the ring and then obviously it's going through the Kevlar, so the strength of it varies. Right, right. So what you're doing is actually maybe a better solution. You, if you want the magnetic aspect, you put it right on the outside, mm -hmm. and then you get maximum hold strength. Yeah, for your accessories, including in this case a magnetic wallet, which you've got going on a Pixel and device. I, yeah, it's a Pixel, and I think I like this design because it's similar to the iPhone MagSafe kind of ring shape. Yeah, where it's not circular, where like um, it, it doesn't like spin. Because it, it has one little extra right. like magnet piece. I think maybe ESR made that. Or you bought it on Amazon, right? I think I might have got it from ESR. I'm not too sure. Yeah, anyway. So there's a, lot of, cheap. Yeah, there's a lot of companies making this. It's, a, it's an interesting solution. Just put the magnet right on the outside. But anyways, in this case, uh, here you have a, a combo pack, which gives you the wallet, the battery, and... It also works as a kickstand for when you're in. I mean, that looks like a nice cafe. I wouldn't mind. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind being in there. Rivian R1T Camp Kitchen X Snow Peak Package. Oh, wow. There's a nice little accessory. This is the one that fits in the side of the R1T. It slides into that little cove. Yeah. In right the middle. Here. But it's a different one is some sort of collab because they had the kitchen before but this is x snow peak package so what does that give you the cutlery and stuff not sure let's find rivian's out. r1t camp kitchen has your cul culinary dreams covered giving you an unparalleled meal prep experience like no other innovative outside accessible storage solution between the bed and rear seats of the uni uniquely designed r1t allows you to bring all your cooking needs along with you on any outdoor adventure, the package includes a two-burner induction cooktop, four-gallon water tank with pump, collapsible sink, uh, and a spray faucet, plus a complete cookware set from Snow Peak. I was like, look at that. And I didn't even know who those dudes were. I just assumed it. One uh, Packed into one sleek, robust design, not only is it stylish and efficient, but also easily upgradable in the future due to its three-piece modular design. So scroll down to the image so people can see how it all fits in. Like, that is damn cool. I don't care. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're saying. I don't care what you're thinking. That's cool. It's a nice package with the lights on top as well. And it's such an unutilized like area in a typical truck. Well, it's not there in a typical truck. And then here, they found a way to maximize what you can fit into that gap. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, it's kind of hard to figure out what to put in there. Like how many things are that shape? But when you go with the camp kitchen... That's a beauty. Slide right out of there. Yeah. Do some cooking. Induction cooktop. You might find yourself in the wilderness. And it like has that. a sink as well. You just slide it out. You just That's slide. Great. You just slide it out. And then you don't have to look at it. And it's no gas. It's not getting beat up and smashed around. Right. Right. As you drive around. You're yeah. trying. You trying to sell a couple of Rivians on this show here, Will? Yeah. Did sure. you see that comment? Sounds like it. What's that? Later case, uh, bumpers. 
What do you think? So it's a bumper. It's a separate piece, or is it uh, a case I'm, that has a bumper built in? I'm guessing no back. It's just kind of like that. Oh, like when the iPhone 4 came out, yeah. just the bumper. I don't know. Haven't given it any thought at the moment. At this point, like the goal is essentially thinnest, lightest. That's what we've been aiming at. And then a few different colors, thinnest, lightest, because there's so many different case options out there and there's many good cases out there. But I just have always wanted thinnest, lightest. And that's, I mean, here's my pixel right now. Boom. Thinnest, lightest, different color than Will. Mm -hmm. thinnest lightest like i don't notice in my pocket it's just enough grip so it doesn't slide out of my pocket i mean i've gone into this before why i think it's perfect for me it's not perfect for everybody you're out there dropping your phone a lot you're on a construction on the job site whatever it might not be for that but even for those people i don't know that you want to have that huge otter box on there when you go out for the evening in which case you can pop that off pop something like this on mm -hmm. so it's a little bit more uh, subtle and this one comes on and off real easy which was another consideration it's like the perfect rigidity where it can be structured when it's on there but it can also pop off extremely easily so is that's kinda, an ad it is it is i mean it really i mean if you're talking about it it's basically an ad but I, that's kind of the thought process which i've shared previously anyways this thing is five thousand dollars yeah but what but what should it be well i mean if you think about it it's Look at all the things you're getting in there. No, I, I don't think it's a bad price. Because if you go and try and uh, outfit yeah. one of these vans or something with uh -huh. this type of gear, yeah, it's pricey, this type of gear. And this is a luxury experience. This would give you everything that you would need to have like a really nice meal. Can you scroll up to the, to the yeah, okay. So this is what it's going to look like when deployed. You've got the sink on the right, the cooktop on the left. And then I guess those fold into that section, a little, a little leg-style kickstand, a couple of lights above. And then this would be cutlery, the drawers uh, The here. cutlery and drawers in the back. And I presume if you didn't get the Snow Peak version, it would be a little bit less, but then you wouldn't have all the cutlery fitting in there perfectly. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, good on them. It looks great. I like it. Hmm. South Korea announces construction of enormous futuristic spokeless ferris wheel huh <laughs> whoa i mean looks uh, like a giant engagement ring i mean i like it <clears throat> south korea has announced that it will be building the world's largest hubless ferris wheel the futuristic structure is called soul ring and it's set to go up uh in hanol park the location will mean that guests will get a sweeping view of seoul's hangang river uh, set to be complete by 2025. I don't think that doesn't take too long. Not too bad, eh? A major tourism investment in the city, a diameter of 590 feet, it will become the world's second largest fer Ferris wheel uh, after one in Dubai. However, it will be the record holder for a Ferris wheel without spokes or hubs. Solar energy will power the attraction, which will feature 36 glass capsules. Each capsule to hold a maximum of 25 guests, and the city's hoping that at least 1,200 guests a day will hop on for a ride. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is really cool looking. So, hubless, so it's got some sort of clamp and track, I guess, at the bottom portion. Yeah. They don't show that in the concepts, but that would be there. The old clamp and track. Uh-huh. They got it right by the river. That looks huge, eh? 
you got one of these Ferris wheels by the river over there in London as well. I mean, not. I like, was just thinking, not like this near the Big Ben. This thing is wild. This this thing looks huge, though. The only thing is with this style of design, your actual capsule is inside of another glass enclosure instead of on the outside. So now you've uh -huh. got more glass to look through. So I don't know if that's going to matter. How are they going to engineer this glass? It's a hell, hell of a cleaning task, Will. Uh-huh. Get up there and wipe off that glass. Ooh, here's what it will look like from inside. Yeah, you know what? I take back what I said. I think the double glass will be fine. Have the, a couple dinner parties It'll in there? be fine. You'll catch that crazy view regardless. Yeah. Good on them. Hmm. Just a quick update on... Bob Lee, the Cash App founder. Oh, really? What do you got? Yeah. 911 call of Cash App creator Bob Lee stabbing released. He's bleeding out. Oh, my God. Mm. Okay, so whoever found him, it's their 911 call. Uh, screaming, screaming for help moments after he was stabbed before he collapsed and died. Uh, so here's the 911 call. There's a male screaming help. Someone, say, uh, someone stabbed me. A dispatcher can be heard. Saying in the 911 call advice, he is bleeding out. He's outside on the street. Uh, Lee, 43 years old, who was a chief technology officer at Square, uh, uh, Cash App, etc. Several stab wounds. No arrest has been made or suspects announced. He was rushed to San Francisco General Hospital. So, huh. Apparently there's uh, video footage, but it's not released yet. He did comment on San Francisco deteriorating, which is why he actually had relocated to Miami. Shields told News Nation in an interview, so I'm not sure why he's going back there to get a little business back in San Francisco for a couple days. He had just sold his Mill Valley, California home in July for $4.43 million. Video footage obtained by Daily Mail showed a disoriented Lee approaching a car in what seemed to be an attempt to get help. So he had already been stabbed at that point at 2 in the morning and was looking for someone to help him. Mm -hmm. This might be the reason you don't have a suspect or any type of lead because by the time he's approaching this new witness, the 911 caller, he's already been stabbed and then he dies shortly after and can't really say what the hell's going on. Yeah, the vehicle drives off, unfortunately. Um, I guess due to just being scared. Right. He just drove off and... Lee staggers to the portside apartment building at 403 Main. So this did happen on the street. And it is starting to sound more and more like some kind of botched robbery or something. Mm. He was clutching his cell phone in one hand, attempted to dial the building intercom before collapsing on the ground. We are not commenting on evidence, nor will we speculate on the circumstances surrounding this hor horrific crime. Although we will commit the necessary resources and personnel to this investigation, we want to assure everyone in San Francisco, the department is staffed and ready to respond to all calls for service. Uh, just one of those, just one of those ugly ones. In the past three years, violent crime in San Francisco increased 7.5% and property crime up 20%. One of these things is this property crime stuff where... You, you know, it's perceived as not being that significant. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, it's a stolen this, it's a robbery, it's a this, it's a that. But those are close cousins. Once the one thing becomes commonplace and acceptable and you have a 20% increase in property crime, it's 
that leap or that gap between property crime and violent crime, well, there is some sort of correlation there. I mean, you can see the both of them increasing. You broke this one rule and things start to get slippery and then the next one comes along and you start to want what you want and all of a sudden you're feeling kind of emboldened to an extent. Mm. It's why you kind of have to start there and you can't, you start overlooking the small things, small things become big things, Will. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, we don't know the entirety of this story. There's going to be a lot of speculation still. We did look at the um, Google Maps street view of the intersection, but it doesn't seem like it's, you know, a poor intersection. No. There must be cameras somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, hence the footage, Daily Mail acquiring the CCTV footage. Uh-huh. We yeah. should, I don't know, there might be different angles, but... Well, it's right there, video it. footage obtained. What happens if you click But that's on just it? one video. Have you looked at this already? No. I don't think they're able to release the video just yet. They can just comment on it. Oh, they say, we've obtained it, we've watched it, here's what we see, yeah. type of thing. Yeah. I see, because it's ongoing criminal. No, there it is. Oh, Okay. That, wow, I don't even, that's hard to, oh my oh. god, dude. I think this is a gif. It is, but uh, it gives us the, it gives us an idea of what's going on here. This is brutal. 2.30 a.m. It's crazy, there's not a lot of blood. Like, less than you would assume, at least in, uh, I don't know if he knows the extent of the damage at that point, because he's trying to, get the, in the intercom of the apartment building and then tries to get attention of the car going by. I don't think he knows the extent of the damage at that point. It's 2.30 in the morning. He may have had a few drinks. You just don't know. Like, I, this is all alleged, obviously, but crazy. He just thinks, I'm just going to go to, I'm going to go in the apartment. Uh-huh. And brutal, 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 brutal. Yeah. Brutal. But I, and some people here are saying it's a, it's a wealthy area. It, listen, it's it, it, if if just because it's a wealthy area, it's not far away from one that's worse. And if you're if you're trying to look to rob people, let's say for it example, I don't know that that's what's going kind on of there, right? Then you can walk a couple blocks, and I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> people in Toronto won't stop working from home, and it's impacting the city. <laughs> we won't stop. Yeah. yeah, there's like a lot of cities. And this showed up here, obviously, but it's like a lot of cities where uh, I had referenced this on the previous episode. You're having this increased vacancy, commercial real estate. Uh, famously, Shopify, who has uh, had plans of a massive office space here in Toronto, mm-hmm. backed out of their lease, even at a stiff penalty. Mm. Because they realized, <laughs> like, no yeah. one's going to no, happen. Now, all, no, different companies uh, have different requirements. And Shopify, I think, had a slightly easier path towards yeah. work from home. Than At maybe least a lot of their team in Toronto is like developers. Exactly. You know, people so, that could work from home. So that was an easy transition and maybe an easier decision than for other companies who want to do this hybrid thing. Mm. They, they want to have part-time in, part-time out. Um, but we're seeing like unprecedented vacancy rates, essentially, mm. going on in the city. And kind of a resistance among em, uh, employees to, to go back. They say, like, listen, I'm, I'm doing just fine. Mm-hmm. Check the performance. I'm doing just fine. I don't know what they're saying. 
if you scroll down, there's a couple of charts to showcasing this vacancy stuff. Yeah, so here, this comes from CBRE. It was a commercial real estate kind of company. And they're showcasing current quarter net absorption by market and square footage. Mm -hmm. So this is like commercial real estate that's just sitting there, not leased, essentially, not absorbed. Uh, and you can see Toronto hit the hardest. This is not a surprise, a major city. It probably has the most of uh, this style of real estate to begin with. And you can see it's down 2.2 million, I believe. 2.2 million square feet? No, wait. By market in thousands of square feet. Is it two point? Jeez. I don't even want to try to speculate what this is. Defined, speaking of net absorption, it's defined as, scroll back up, defined as the sum of square feet that became physically unoccupied minus the sum of square feet that became physically vacant during a, a specific period. In the thousand. Toronto is quite a negative space, like way more so than other major and mi minor cities in Canada, as evidenced by the graph below. I don't know what that total number actually is, because the other ones are like 537. Mm. Are we really talking about 2.2 million? That's like, if it's a real graph, it keeps it would, going. Yeah, yeah I, and I think that's why they put the lines in it there. Yeah, the commercial real estate juggernaut explains the significance of these trends for markets like Toronto, Vancouver, noting that only three years ago, tenants in search of a typical five thousand square foot unit may have had fewer than five options in either of these cities. Today's op today options are much more numerous, and companies now have the opportunity to find spaces that align with their identity. Um, uh, faced with higher vacancies, increasingly fewer projects have commenced construction in recent years. Currently, 11.2 million square feet, the active development pipeline, is equal to 2.3% of inventory and is at its lowest point since 2017. New project starts are only really being seen in the suburbs. Well, let me, let me, let me put this out there, Will. If... And I mean, maybe this is anecdotal, but may maybe you're seeing this around you. If you're working from home, why you want to be in a condo in a city for the same amount of money where you could be anywhere with an internet connection? You're going to start to sprawl out, aren't you? Sure, yeah. And as, as evidenced by all these new developments going in, there's got to be a demand for people if essentially evacuating. If they don't have a reason to be down there, if they're not going into the office, if the commercial real estate is increasingly vacant mm -hmm. and you need an internet connection, you can all of a sudden move further away than you ever could previously. Mm -hmm. And some people were like, oh, maybe it's just COVID. Maybe it's just COVID. And so people are... are uh, not feeling the city because the city ain't the city when everything's locked down. Yes. And then it's like, oh, uh oh, we're kind of post COVID now and it keeps going. It keeps going and going. And people like the work from home. They like the flexibility and they have different ideas from a lifestyle perspective. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it's not just Toronto. This is a lot of cities going through, through stuff like this moment. Mario might not be coming to iPhone anymore. Do you remember this story? Um, they had a Mario game on iPhone. I don't know what it was. It was like it was like big news at one point in time, because because Mario had never been available outside of Nintendo hardware. Mm -hmm. The any of the games, and then they were like, "Well, actually, he's going to come to to iPhone." Was it exclusive? 
What do you mean exclusive? That Mario app. That Mario game. Did it actually come out? Because why does it say there it's not coming to iPhone anymore? Super, Super Mario Run. Mario no, that wasn't Run. a real... That's not a real Mario game. But it was licensed by Nintendo. It was licensed, but it was, wasn't it really just uh, Flappy Bird? Or what was it? The game itself wasn't a Mario game. It wasn't a full-fledged Mario game. It was kind of, Yeah, it's kind of like a Flappy Bird type <laughs> Remember game. Flappy Bird? Yeah. Um... Well, I don't know. I think that they were supposed to they were they were aiming at having more something more similar to a Nintendo Mario experience like on Switch but on iPhone or iPad. Yeah, maybe exclusive as well. We've already heard that Mario isn't coming to the iPhone 14 anymore, but what does his creator have to say about Apple Kit in an interview with CNET about Super Mario movie? Mario creator Miyamoto has revealed that he's a big fan of Apple coming after the news that Nintendo would be ending its Super Mario experiment on the iPhone. It's extremely interesting, especially after what Miyamoto says about the similarities between Nintendo and Apple. Deeply integrated, I really feel the way that Apple thinks of things and the way Nintendo approaches things has a commonality. He talks about giving users unique experiences, in Nintendo's case, those beyond just gaming, such as DS hardware that guides users through the Louvre in Paris. Um, so yeah, I guess they had that game. There was a question about whether they would continue to be working together. And it looks like it's an end to the experiment, which is a little unfortunate. Yeah. I would think Apple and Nintendo would be great collaborators. Somehow figure it out. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the limitation is. It's, there's something really novel about Nintendo. There's something really, I don't even know. Well, obviously nostalgic. But it kind of has a cute thing going on. Is that fair? And also standalone. Because I think, you know, Xbox and PlayStation are very much like together. Yes. Right? Yes. They're gaming systems. But Nintendo seems to delight. break out. It's delight. Yeah. I'm looking for the word delight. Not okay. cute. Delight. It's delightful. Yeah. Nintendo Which is... Which is similar to Apple. It's kind of similar to, ah, eh, even more so. Because okay, Apple yeah. is very stark. It's like, we're here to delight you. And it's like, geez, dude. It's a little more Balenciaga. <laughs> Whereas Nintendo, it looks like straight up delight. They're like red and green and Yoshi uh -huh. Uh -huh. and Nintendo Land amusement park type things. And their hardware is delightful too, I think I would say. Sure. Yeah. Colorful and... They're not really into the cool. They're just... Well, they have a day, or they have a different impression of what oh, is cool. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. As a company, it's very youthful, and and so I guess they couldn't just line up. I guess they couldn't deliver the experience they wanted on that hardware. And, but or, imagine you know, the potential. Yeah, potential is huge. Yeah. One of the best iPhone games gets an Unreal Engine five makeover. Well, there you go. We're just talking about Mario sort of getting ported to a different style of. Mobile game, and then we've seen a lot of this, which is an Unreal Engine 5 being applied to existing games. I believe this looks like Temple Run. Yeah, and so this really messes with your mind when you think about these extremely simple games just with tremendous resolution and how your impression <laughs> yeah. of them changes completely uh -huh. with RTX on. So you can go ahead and play it. Heheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheheh
It's like you really feel like you shouldn't be playing such a simple game once you have tremendous graphics. Actually kind of compelling. I feel like just jumping around right now. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And I'm watching this. It looks great. See like shadows and lighting and all, all your usual all your usual things. I want to see him get caught by that. What is that? An ape that chases you? Yeah, some sort of monster. A monster ape. ape. Well, he's way ahead right now. This guy's crushing. <laughs> Temple Run was like a huge game for a moment. And then did Temple Run get surpassed by Subway Surfer? Yeah, Subway. Yeah. How did Subway Surfer take Temple Run's lunch? I don't know. They took it to the next level. Yeah. They made it more complicated in a good way. Because you're on top of subways, subway yeah. cars. Look at their water, 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 water alert. RTX. The water was okay. RTX water yeah, alert. You wanted better water. Yeah. Did he get I don't think he's going to get caught in this video. Why is this so satisfying to watch? Oh, he missed um, the turn. Shout out teaser play. Uh, Temple Run arguably began the Endless Runner category on iOS. Endless Runner is the category. Uh, Sonic Dash never played that. I guess they, there's so many of them now. With ray tracing being showcased by Snapdragon, a company responsible for many processors and smartphones and other devices, it might not be too long before we see graphical boosts and things like iPhone. Well, you're not going to see a Snapdragon chip in an iPhone, but mm. I, I see what you're saying. Remaking uh, Temple Run at this point could tap into some nostalgia. Yeah, imagine you did Temple Run 2023, and it looked like that. Mm -hmm. You could probably, a few people might download that. Yeah, just bring back a old classic. People are really into nostalgia now. A couple people might download that. A company devises a genius way to eliminate the most annoying thing about drinking hot coffee. And it took about three years. Oh, it's called The Good Cup. Yeah, I sent you this one, Will. Mm -hmm. Everybody's all about these different designs and whatnot for mm -hmm. sustainability and things. And like one of my favorite places actually had, for a moment, it had one of those biodegradable straws that still felt like plastic. Okay, yeah. And then they changed to the full paper. And I was just like... <laughs> oh, paper straws, man. Yeah, you were offended immediately i i don't know I, I i just gotta feel like there's a way for me it's more like the tesla approach which is don't guilt people into something just make a better one just figure it out and and like you, the tesla approach was oh it's the fastest car in the world yeah it's all it is oh you you thought electric was like puny and sucky well guess what it's really fast and then everyone's like whoa and then immediately you converted everyone. So if you design a cup, straw, whatever, that's actually better than the other one and sustainable or whatever, then people are going to, people don't mind. They'll give you a few bucks for it, Will. Yeah. If you do spend a little extra, if they feel that it's superior, if you give them the guilt trip of the crap product and you're like, nope, you're forced to use it, then the people have resentment and they go, I just want the old one back. And then they don't, it doesn't get upheld. Uh-huh. Anyway, this is a new cup design that doesn't need a plastic lid, but it actually looks feasible and good, like possibly even an improvement. And I'll tell you why, because of the way that it closes, I don't think it's going to be leaky. Okay. I don't know for sure, but look at this. You, you, you can put a little sugar in there. And the, the lid is really the issue, I guess, sustainability-wise on the coffee cup, which there's a mm. thousand of them out. Look, you can sip right from there like that. 
Isn't it hot? We talk about hot. It's like insulated. The, the coffee. Is it double layered? It's insulated. Come on, Will. I'm talking about? Didn't you go to McDonald's? You see the dual wall? Going I'm a on? big fan of that. I like the coffee cup tech. You wouldn't want to hurt the coffee though, would you? No, never. Goodbye plastic lids. Say hello to the good cup. You can order samples right now. Look, I don't know. They say it's compostable at home. Is that real? Like, well, it's extent? all paper, right? Well, they said the same thing to me about the straw. They go, oh, it's compostable. And then somebody else comes along and he goes, oh, yeah, actually, it's made of corn. It's going to take a, too long. It'll never be compostable. Yeah. Like, sure, if you give it like 20 years. And I'm just like, ah. And they started kicking me with their footprints. Yeah. Gave you the boot. Anyway, I just like interesting and innovative design. And for me, it's like, okay, you have one item instead of two. And you don't need to worry about the lid. And they found a nice fancy fold to it. And I know you're worried about heat. Over here. Look at the tiny little mouthpiece. And you have no seam, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of this. Okay, okay, okay. There we go, man. <laughs> Finally, I got you. Per- I, I like cup tech. Perfect for hot and cold beverages. Easy to fold, assemble, and lock. Secure lid locking and spill-proof design. Because also, some of these lids, they don't go on right. And you're dripping out the side. I've seen it happen. You've oh, seen it happen. the worst. Because you got the seam there. Yeah. And if the lid is placed on close to where the seam is, you catch, you're catching a drip and it's a dribble. You don't want it. Mm-hmm. Integrated sip hole for drinking experience, 100% paper uh, with aqueous coating, no plastic. So it's some sort of sustainable coating in there so it doesn't come through. Fully recyclable, home compostable, cost-saving opportunity. I don't know. Somebody, somebody, yeah, someone says all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, I don't know, guys. It's possible that it actually sucks. I'm sure there's some major shortcoming here. But when it comes to packaging and innovation and stuff, I can't help but get interested in it. I just think, oh, maybe there is some other way to do it. And, uh, you know, paper with waterproof coating is not recyclable. I I don't know. Maybe it's (laughs) plant-based. Maybe it's plant-based. Agri-coating? Yeah, it's maybe it's plant based. Yeah, uh. people are pissed. They're like, no chance. People are saying <laughs> no chance. Idea. People are saying no chance, which I get. I get, you know, change and it's it's, it's weird. And maybe it's a step in the right direction. I could see it having issues, but I don't feel like it's impossible. The one piece cup. I, I don't know why that is. I don't think it's impossible. Maybe it's not exactly this design. Maybe somebody else wants to take a crack at it. Someone in the audience? Yeah, go ahead. If, <laughs> if everybody's so smart, then go ahead and take a crack. But like the one piece cup, it's an interesting idea to me. Yeah. At yeah. least they're trying. We'll see. Yeah. Experts warn that mummies on display in Mexico may be able to spread fungal infections to humans. Woo! This is my inherent fear. Ahuka. One of the Guanajuato Guanajuato mummies on display at a tourism fair in Mexico City reportedly show signs of fungal growths and the glass case it was in may not have been enough to stop the spores from spreading well you now your algorithm is all spore based because you got crazy yeah because because you got you got wild with all your zombie stuff and the last one was like oh the tree infected the guy uh huh and now you're like, oh, the mummy will infect you. Fungus doesn't care. Like, I don't think fungus cares what it's currently living on. If it's, it want, it'll, it'll get you. 
Yeah, it'll find a way. It'll come for you. And I guess in this case, it happens to be on the mummy. That is a wild-looking mummy, by the way. Yeah. That's in a pretty, glass case pretty in a cool. museum. Pretty, like, defined looking, uh -huh. yeah. looking mummy. All it needs is a wig. <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> You're dressing up mummies now? Uh, Mexico's National Institute of Anthropology and History is warned. Traveling display 19th century mummies has the potential to spread dangerous fungal infection to visitors who view them. The mummies which are on display uh, at Museum of Mummies date back to the 1800s. They were buried in crypts surrounded by dry, mineral-rich soil, and the bodies unintentionally became mummified. Oh, it wasn't like in Egypt. They weren't. It wasn't on purpose. Uh -huh. The workers exhumed them. Many of the mummies. Many of the mummies still have hair, skin, and even clothes they were buried in. Wow, what a find! Because of the impressive state of their bodies, the mummies became a sensation in the early 1900s. The mummies' owners often changed the expressions on their faces to resemble shock and horror to appeal to the scary mummy trope. How do they... How do They're they, just manipulating Yeah, how faces. do they change it? The altering and display of the mummy sparked criticism from observers who thought the treatment was disrespectful and dehumanizing. That's you, yeah, Will, putting course. wigs. That's exactly what you just said. <laughs> Like, wow, well, we don't dress them up. Okay, so how do we get this fungal infection? What is it made of? You're going to have to scroll down further because they really want to educate us on these mummies first. Look at the hand. Ooh. Fungal spores. Aren't they going to tell us, like, the technical jargon? Cultural legacy as well as for those who handle them and come in contact with them. I don't know. I don't think they're going to get too... It doesn't appear that they're going to get too technical on it. Either that or you're going to have... Oh, there it is! Fungus... According to FIL Science, the fungus Aspergillus may have been the culprit. It is capable of surviving for long periods of time in dark areas like tombs. In 1970, a similar event occurred when 12 scientists opened the tomb of King Casimir of Poland. Within weeks, 10 of them had died. Researchers oh. still... Oof. That's a... Now you know how these tropes and things come into play. Because it's like, dude, you have actual events. And if it was long enough ago where they exhumed the body and then they all died, they'd be thinking it was something mystical. The mummy curse. Yeah, once upon a time, right? they'd be like, don't look at the mummy. Yeah. You're dead. Meanwhile, they're breathing in spores. Yeah. That's a different Maybe that's where it came from. The mummy curse. Uh, Kanye West, Donda Academy sued... You only feed kids sushi. Uh-oh. <laughs> that was all that was available that. <laughs> in the cafeteria or what the hell? Kanye West private Christian school only feeds students one thing for lunch, sushi, and they apparently have to eat it on the floor without tables or chairs. Well, that's kind of a sushi thing. According to a new lawsuit, Ye and his Donned Academy are being sued by two women who say, two black women, is that? Is that necessary? I, I, don't, I don't know who say they, fire, they were fired from teaching positions at the school for two reasons, retaliation for sounding the alarm on alleged education, health and safety code violations, and, oh, okay, there, that's why oh, it's gotcha. yeah. They say they were fired for their race. F fired by Kanye or by someone else? According to a lawsuit obtained by TMZ, the women say they were the only black teachers at Donda Academy when they were hired full-time earlier this year, and they say it didn't take long for them to notice numerous health and safety violations, unlawful educational practices, and extremely unusual rules. Well, you're, you, you did sign, you're, you're in Kanye's school. 
You're surprised. You got to sign up for unusual. You're, so you're surprised? Yeah, that should be in the TOS. <laughs> but women say the only lunch option available for students is sushi every single day, and students are not allowed to bring any outside food or drink except for water. The suit claims Kanye spends 10000 a week on sushi. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Again, I don't mind it. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. It wasn't. What surprised me about this school is he kept talking about it and stuff, but his own kids could, wouldn't, weren't going there eventually. And then the numbers kind of dwindled a little bit. And look at they're all wearing uh, foam runners. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Dressed in black. They're all wearing foam runners. Mm. Who's this? Yeah, it's, like, it's a gallery of stars eating sushi. Okay. What did Vincent? He sent something, another synthesized Kanye voice. Yeah, that was me. Oh, that was you? Yeah. Why did I think Vin sent it? Did Vin send something he before He commented on it. Oh, he commented on it. Okay, what was that? Why didn't you put that here? Oh, you want to listen? It sounds I feel more... Like there it, might be copyright. It sounds more interesting than this. Okay. The sushi suing... suing okay, hey there, Delilah, but it's Kanye's voice. Okay. <laughs> Give me this. Okay. Oh, that's copyright and a half, dude. You look so pretty. You know this song, right? Yes. Yeah, it's just the future, man. Yeah, we got it. We got it, Will. We're good. It sounds good. It sounds good. Yes, it's over, dude. Yeah. It's over. What are we even talking about? It's over. We're training. We're training. Now we're just trainers. We're just training AI now. It's over. Like, that's the stage of existence we're at, humanity. Uh-huh. We are the trainers now. All right, last one. Peter Pan ride breaks down at Disneyland and looks far less magical with the lights on. Ooh, this, you is, might the, like this, one. this is the effect when you're at the bar late at night, and they're like, you got to get out of here, and they turn the lights on, and you're like, oh, <laughs> why they got to be like that? And so that must be what's going on here. Yeah. If you've always wanted a behind-the-scenes glimpse of what happens at Disneyland, now's your chance to TikTok or shared a viral video of what it looked like after an attraction broke down mid-ride and people seem truly fascinated by it. Uh, user Awkward Andy shared the clip after a recent visit to Disneyland in Anaheim. Things went awry. Peter Pan's flight suddenly came to a halt. Operators turned on the lights to investigate the problem. And it killed the vibe. Oh, I would love to see this vibe kill. Stupid <laughs> music. Of course. I think you can play that stupid music. It's not co- yeah, that's not copywritten. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously. I mean, obviously, right? It's... It's supposed to be a dark room. Yeah. And you're supposed to be flying over the island. Yeah. But seeing everything like this, just just Disney being painted as like this magical place. It's fantasy in general, right? All fantasy is bogus. And you you turn the lights on and you're like, oh, crap. Because you're trying to get lost in a thing and it's all. And that girl looks so sad. Like you think about any suspense or horror movie or fantasy. It's all about the unknown. Sure, right, yeah, whatever yeah. you're hiding is as important as what you're showing. Uh-huh. And being very careful about that. When you just show and uncover everything, almost everything gets ugly in that scenario, yeah, like yeah. full exposure like that. Yeah. So, 
Anyway. Yeah. No surprise. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, everybody who joined here today. Uh, have a. What is the difference? Paul? Have a nice weekend yeah, for those that are celebrating uh, different activities this weekend. Okay. Like it's Easter this weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. On Monday. Oh, is that on? Okay. Well, whatever. Monday. Does that count as That's the weekend? The I don't know if it counts as the weekend or whatever it counts as, but. For everybody uh, doing stuff this weekend with family or just doing stuff in general, celebrating, having events, uh, good luck with all that. Enjoy all that. There is no good and evil. Maybe eat some chocolate. There That's what you do, right? Go on a hunt. Yeah, some Easter. I'm always confused eggs. about the oh, eggs. Yeah, yeah. I'm always confused about it. Yeah. But, uh, we'll get to the bottom of it one day. And I, I want to leave you guys with one thing. Just remember one thing. Balenciaga is the only way. Okay. Except what for those who are too weak to seek it. <laughs> is that the quote? I don't even remember the quote at this point. Oh, God. After all, Shout out Demon Flying Fox. We're just the trainers now. We're the trainers. We've transitioned. We're into training mode now. Hey there, Delilah. See you guys next week. Later. You'll soon find out that some fashion is better than other, Potter. There is no good and evil. There is only Balenciaga, and those too weak to seek it. Avada Balenciaga. You are Balenciaga, Harry.